Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivey podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm so glad you're here. Each week on this show, I invite a girlfriend to join me and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. y'all. I am so honored that you are here today listening to the happy hour. I never, ever take it for granted for the privilege to bring you interviews each and every week. Thank you for listening, for sharing the shows, for sending me messages on Instagram. I wanted to take a quick minute real quick to address something that happened last week. You may have heard an advertisement that doesn't align with what we believe at Ivy Media. First, we're sorry if you heard that and we're at all offended. It was a mistake with our advertising company and that ad was not approved by the team there or the team here. It's been corrected and I am so thankful for the listeners who kindly reached out to us to let us know that, hey, this doesn't feel like something you would be promoting. Thank you for believing that about us and for reaching out and letting us know. If you ever have any questions or concerns regarding the show's advertising, quality, or content, please feel free to reach out to us at info at jamieivy.com. We recently updated our advertising company that we work with, and so there's been a little bit of a transition period, and we are so thankful for your grace in this mistake that happened last week. All right, let's get to today's show. And today's show is a longtime friend of the happy hour, and that is Lisa Whittle. Lisa is a gifted author, speaker, teacher, podcaster, wife, mom, and a dear friend of mine. We chatted on the day that her newest book launched. The book is called Jesus Over Everything. We chatted while we were staying home during the coronavirus COVID-19 quarantine. We jump right in within the first five minutes discussing that we may deeply love Jesus but and we also love ourselves so deeply as well. This tension is a perfect place to start our honest conversation about how to live with a Jesus over everything mindset. I adore Lisa. She's one of my favorite Bible teachers. I love her newest book, Jesus Over Everything. And I think you're going to enjoy our conversation a whole lot. In fact, I'm gonna bet money you might listen twice. Before we get into the conversation, I want to talk about the Bible study that we're doing together with our community called Your Story Matters. It released last week. Today, I want to talk to you about the second lie in the teaching series, which is it's not my story to share. There's a common fear, which is I can't share my story because it's not all my story to share. And one that I think it convinces women that they don't really have anything worth sharing, that their story doesn't matter because it involves others. While there is so much wisdom and truth in not sharing other people's journeys and stories, in fact, please do not do that, we must still be able to own what God is doing in our own personal lives in the midst of whatever we're walking through. Those, my friends, are the stories to share, the stories of what God is doing in your life. I understand this tension of not being able to share some of my story because it involves other people. As an adoptive mama, I feel this tension a lot. There are so many things that I would love to share with the world about adoption, but most of them will never see the public space because it involves my kids' stories, my kids' emotions, my kids' journeys, and that's theirs to share and not mine. However, there are certain ways that we can figure out how do we share the parts of our story, what God is doing in our lives, and sharing those all through the lens of the gospel, even when it involves someone else's story. 
I share about this lie, this lie that we're talking about here, if it's not my story to share, and I talk about some steps to fight this lie in the Your Story Matters Bible study that's available right now to you. You can jump in live with us, or you can save it for another time when it's more convenient for you to go through it. Here's what I do believe to be true is that even though it might be difficult because you feel like your story involves other people and it's not your story to share, and that is something to really think through before you talk about your story, but the world needs to know what God is doing in your life. The world needs to know your story. Visit jamieivy.com and click on join us now for the Your Story Matters Bible study and join us as we venture through learning how to share our stories through the gospel. All right, my friends. Here's my friend, Lisa Whittle, who does a phenomenal job of sharing her story through the lens of the gospel. Lisa Whittle, welcome to the happy hour. Thank you. So fun. So happy you're here. I took a note. I wrote down the last time you were here was episode number 161 in 2017. So we're coming up on two and a half years since you visited us. Wow. Yeah, that feels happened in two and a half years. I know that feels long yet short. When we did that podcast, had we ever met in real life? No. And I was so excited to meet you. Like I could not wait. And to walk up to your house, which was super fun and you have an amazing house. That was like, this was cool. And you were not in your new studio yet. Like we were using part of Aaron's studio. That is right. Yeah. So before I had the tiny house, I had recorded in Aaron's studio. Yeah. Which before I had the tiny house, if you've seen Aaron's studio, which you have, it's super nice. I mean, it's a legit music oh, studio. People really all the nice. time are like, why don't you just use his studio? I'm like, well, people work there every day. Like I can't get on the calendar. Like I got to have my own place. Uh, yeah. But we have become friends since then. And I'm so yes. thankful for you. Man, I love our friendship and it, it's a fun one for me. And but also life giving. Like that's the fun thing. That's one thing I love for fr- in friendships right now. Fun but also we can talk really serious and deep. I need both. Do you? I do need both. It also feels like a friendship that we don't live in the same city, obviously, but we have a lot of similarities in what we do and our families and all those things. And so it's a friendship that at any minute, either one of us could send each other a Voxer and understand and be there and listen. And that's my favorite. Totally. Same. And you're an Enneagram 8. Am I right? I am. Yep. Why did you hesitate? Well, people have feelings about that. Don't you think people either love an eight and they're like, oh, I love an eight or they're like afraid. You know, I think they feel a little bit. You are. No, I said people are. Oh, people are. Yeah. I was going to say, I can't believe you would be afraid of AIDS. I feel like you have a lot of eights in your life. Yeah, I think they are. But here's the thing about us. Like, you want us in your corner. Like you want eights in your life because we will fight to the death for you. (laughs) That is so true. You and another friend in my life are eights. And here's what I always know about you guys is you're going to tell me the truth. Mm -hmm. Always. Because you guys are like, we're going to tell you the truth. We're here. And I'm a six. And we talk about the Enneagram. And you know what? People either love the Enneagram or they hate the Enneagram. It's just- That's true too. Yeah, that's true. Um, Okay, so welcome back to the happy hour. Uh, You have three children who, full disclosure, we're recording this during the coronavirus. Yeah. Self-quarantined. Our state in this moment that we're recording is not on, what's it called? Home quarantine. Like Mandatory. They make you, uh, yeah. but we're on our way. You're you're not, are you? We're not either, but I feel we're on our way oh, too. Man. Yeah. So we're recording it then. And honestly, 
I woke up today and you and I were talking before we started recording about just today. And we're also recording this on the day of your book release, which is yep. so very exciting uh, for a lot of reasons. But I was thinking about recording our conversation today about Jesus over everything, which is the title of your new book and the podcast that you do. And just, I feel like it's your life. Is that it feels like this is really necessary in this time right now, that everything can feel so scary and that Jesus didn't change when everything happened right now, that he's still the same. And I think that's an important message for us to talk about. Well, you know, gosh, first of all, I would not rather talk to anybody today but you because I feel like you're my friend. I feel safe with you. Uh, and if you know me, you know that that's a really big component of like just my personality and opening up. And even like I talk about in the book, like love is feeling safe, which was interesting because I didn't even want to write about love in the book, but that it was one part of it. I do feel that's something that we need right now is to feel loved, equaling to feel safe. Um, but, you know, Jamie, one thing that's weird for me is and I told you off air, I don't feel at all like, man, I really want to, I want to sell this book. I, I do want people to buy the book. I obviously do because I wrote it and I labored and I'm, I believe in this message more than anything. But what's been weird even through this whole Corona thing is just how precious the whole message has become to me personally, that Jesus over everything, instead of being this hefty list of to do's, which I think sometimes is how we take it right, is just Jesus covering us. And we need that message. We need to feel like like Jesus over everything is Jesus covering me in this time. And whatever time, whether it's whatever comes next that right. none of us know, yeah. like we need that. And I, that has become personally very precious to me. Uh, I, I, love, I love this message. And I want to dive into it because we can have these conversations and have a lot of fun with it. You, your book is called Jesus Over Everything. I'm uncomplicating the daily struggle to put Jesus first. And you say this, you say we all want to live simpler lives and to put Jesus first, but we struggle with both, which I was like, there has never been a truer statement than we want to simplify and we want to love Jesus and we struggle with how to do both. But I want to go back. So I want to ask you personally, you write in the book that you've been chewing on this message for years, it seems like. Some of the themes that you write about, you have a podcast, which is amazing. I love talking to podcasters. You have a podcast, Jesus Over Everything. Can you tell me and can we talk about how did God put this in your life? Like it had to, he had to have done something to kind of rattle you maybe. And I don't want to put words in your mouth by any means, but I do know when you write things, you work them out before they get on a piece of paper. And so can you talk to me about the working out? Yeah. I mean, the working out has been um, long and it's continues. Like I, I feel like in some ways, Jamie, this whole Jesus over everything is the story of my life because I say this in the book. I don't know if putting Jesus over everything in your life comes easy for you, but for me, it comes and I use the word gnarly and I don't even use the word gnarly. Like if for me, okay, that word came to mind when I was writing, like it comes gnarly and it comes like with a lot of scrapes and missteps. And that has been a story of my life. Like my journey hasn't been smooth. So for me, this, this is a process of my entire life. Like I have loved Jesus desperately since I was little. There has been something inside of me that has pulled me toward him. But I have also loved me. 
And sometimes I have loved me more. And that's been the rub of my entire life. I mean, I am stubborn. I am um, willful. I like independence. And so for me, like, I'm not an easy sell on this message, to be honest with you. I mean, here, you know, you're my friend. So like, I feel like we're just chatting. So here comes like full disclosure, right? On, on the happy hour live. So for me, this is something that God has had to work out in me. But here's what I know about it. I also know that I really like real solutions because I'm a pragmatist as well. And so I also feel like God has called me to, to help folks. And I'm one of those people that's kind of like has the Oprah Winfrey vibe. Like when I love something, I want to share it with people. I feel like you're that same way. Like yeah. here's what I love, like buy it too, or look at it too, or try it too. Like I can't keep things that I love to myself, right? Because I want people to also have solutions. And that's how I feel about this message. I figured out something, not figured out, but like the Lord has shown me through the years of so many scrapes and bumps and bruises. And it's actually so much clearer than what you think and what you've tried. And I can't keep that message to myself. And I just want to help folks with it. And that's why I decided to write it in a book. Not because it was an easy message, not because I thought like people would necessarily even clamor to it. Cause I think there are messages that we would prefer, but I want people to know what works. And I think sometimes, Jamie, the reason we don't do it and the reason why we don't want to put Jesus first is because we truly do not understand the correlation between our lives becoming less complicated and Jesus being in that priority seat. Yeah. And if we were to understand how those actually were correlated, I think we would do it more. You know, when you say that, first of all, I wrote down that you said, I also love me. And I'm thinking there's not one person listening to this that it doesn't go, yeah, me too. Like, and it's not even like we're narcissists. Like we're like, just seriously, it's the rub that we all experience that I want to do what's right, but my flesh does. I mean, it's what Paul talked about yeah. in Romans. Okay. So I also love me, but here's what you just said. You said, if we would just prioritize Jesus, that our lives would be less complicated and here's what I hear when you say that. I think that's true. You know what I also hear, Lisa? That sounds like really simple. Yeah. But it's not. Right. But that, that's what I think is the problem is we go, no, there has to be more strategies. Like there, th this cannot be the answer. And that that's just what I think people will hear is like, what do you mean? Like Jesus first. Yeah. And, and obviously you wrote all about how to do that in your book, which I love. But it is kind of this, oh, that sounds so simple. Like, why didn't I think about that? But we we push against that so much. And I've seen in my life, you've seen it in your life, everyone that's listening has seen it in their life, is that we just think we have a better plan than Jesus does. Yeah. The thing is, if we would just look at our life, we would know that that's actually not true, right? So we can, you know, we've proven that to ourselves. But you really, honestly, you gave voice to why I did not actually want to write this book. Why? Because, well, you just said it because I'm the biggest skeptic of the whole message. So when I write a book, I push back first more than anybody. And I say, can this be applicable to every person? If it doesn't, because if it leaves any group out, then I can't, I don't want to write it. Right. And then also, is it biblically true? Because if it's not biblically true, if it's just Lisa's idea, like, forget it, because that'll fall apart. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is, is like, how can I put that in a book? 
Jesus over everything. Like that's, that's fantastic. And it's true. And we believe it, but how do I write that? Right? Like, so that's hard. I mean, I'm just being totally transparent with you. So I had to ask the Lord a lot, like, how do I say this in a way that we can live it and we can understand it, but here's what I want to tell you. And here's what I want to tell the listener who is pushing back and saying, that's great for a bumper sticker, but what I want to know is what does that actually mean? How do I actually do it? I hear you loud and clear. Here's what I'll tell you. One of the biggest tactics of the enemy is to get us to believe that something is too hard. And if we can believe that it's too hard, then we will not even try. Whether it be exercise, whether it be a relationship with the Lord, whether it be our marriage, whatever it be. If we can believe in the beginning that it is too hard, then we will not even take the first step. Uh, I talk about my, and I'm not going to go into this, but I talk about my shopping fast in the first chapter. You and I have talked about that. Do you remember before, you way. talked about it on my yeah, podcast when I, I did, did the If You Only Knew series? Yeah. You were the first person I ever talked to about it. it but, but here's the thing. If I had known that the Lord was going to have me do that for a year, I probably would have said, I can't do it. But what happened was, is he asked me to do that initially. And I thought it was going to be for a much shorter time. And then as I began to surrender, then things began to change and we did it for longer. But the point being, when we just say yes and we say, Lord, I don't know how to do this, but I'm going to commit to the process. I'm going to commit to trying. That's when the Lord can work with us. The other thing, Jamie, is, as you know from the book, the things that we actually do to put the Lord first in our life are not hard things. They're actually things that we already are making choices about every single day. And this is what I talk about in the book. We just need to turn one way or the other. And many times we're turning the way that doesn't work for us, that is not the Jesus way. Mm -hmm. And so I'm encouraging us and giving us language and showing us and maybe taking the scales off our eyes about the ways that it'll work. And so really, sometimes we just need someone to point out kind of the path. And that's what I hope the book will do. It's so good, Lisa. And there's a Bible study too that goes along with it that I'm going to do with my Bible study girls, actually. But yay! I know. Isn't that great? Yeah. Holly's in there. Holly, you know Holly Hayes. I love Holly so much. I know. I know. I love her too. So the Jesus over everything. Also, I have to tell you this because I tell everyone that I love your cover. I already told you. Unbelievable. (laughs) That makes me happy because we, I fought for that cover and we. I the other ones and this is the best one by far. I mean, it's beautiful and simple, right? Because covers tell a story. You know that. We've just talked about yours. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Crazy things. Um, Okay. So I want to talk about, I picked two chapters to talk about because I wanted to talk about the whole book, but since this isn't like a Lisa and Jamie six hour uh, series, (laughs) we'll just pick two. But I I just, I want to say that I've read this and I was deeply challenged and convicted on these two particular chapters that I picked. So I wish I would have picked two that didn't do that to me so much, but we'll just <laughs> go with that. But I, I, I just want to encourage people that you're such a gifted writer and it does feel as though you have this friend sitting down with you saying, just trust in Jesus. He's better. Like he's never failed you. He can do this. And so congrats on that because Lisa, you did a great job. Okay, here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say all of them real quick. And then did I already tell you the two I want to talk about? Yes. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Okay. So here's what you talk about. You say real over pretty love over judgment, holiness over freedom, 
service over spotlight, steady over hype, honesty over hiding, wisdom over knowledge, commitment over mood. Did I miss any? That's it, right? No, that's it. Good. And so those are all of the things. And I picked two. Are you ready, people? Let's do this. Okay. The first one we're going to do is steady over hype. And I just want to have conversations with you about these two because this is, I think, an important conversation that you and I can have. Uh, you say here, Second Peter 2.19 says, you are a slave to whatever controls you. And you talk, you open up talking about how you had bought, I'm assuming, dresses because uh, I do not know who Lillian Cruz is. This is funny. You know who this person is, by the way. She knows that she's in the book, but it's, um, I'll just reveal. It was Amy Hannon. Oh, I love Amy. So she has these dresses that she was talking about and it made you be like, I need to buy them. Yes, because she's so darling, as you Uh know, and she wears these cute Lillian Cruz. They're actually shirts, but she also has dresses. And I don't put her name in the book, but she knew that she was going to be in there. And they're so darling. Like she sold me on these tops and I went and bought them and I bought not one, but two, not knowing Jamie, if they were going to be cute on me and they were awful on me and they look darling on her. You could not have picked a better way to talk about how we are influenced people than with internet shopping because (laughs) I follow and I followed and unfollowed. That's a whole nother discussion, but I have followed and unfollowed people who their main job is to share things with us. So we will buy it. And I have bought way more things than I ever needed. But anyhow, but you talk about steady over hype in this chapter. And I just want to kind of talk about it because this is really personal to you. And you talk about it being personal about this this hypeness that we can fall into. And there's this, you know, this whole idea of Christian celebrity, which is a whole conversation, but can you just set up steady over hype and why you thought that this was so important that it needed to be an entire chapter in your book? Oh man. Um, Well, I think that for all of us, goodness, living in 2020, if we don't know that hype culture is influencing us. I, I don't even know how to make that sell, you know? When you say hype culture, can you define yeah. that? Because that doesn't have to just be Christian culture. Oh, no. Right? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and I'm not even really talking about Christian hype culture, although I do write about that in there. Um, but I'm just even talking about, I'm talking about the culture, you know, at large that influences us about what to believe, about how to react. You know, I call it like low hanging fruit reactionary culture. So it's kind of like, you know, whether it be what we see on the news, what we read on the internet, how we, you know, deal with social media. Before we know it, we have gotten caught up and we take things as gospel truth and we then share it as truth. You know, it's like this crazy game of telephone that's gone, you know, nuts, right? We can sum this up as this is Facebook. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's actually true. Um, This must be true. I saw it on Facebook. (laughs) Right. I mean, but it's the thing is, you know, even think about, I mean, this is clearly not going to be a political conversation, but even think about the last election, families like broke up over it. Like families were divided over it because of hype culture and what it did then to us and our own conversations and the way that we meant, you know, all the information was manifested and and the way we, we dealt with it. The point is that hype culture, the way that we deal with it and the way that we are influenced by hype. Okay. That is not the way of 
Jesus. It's not a Jesus over everything lifestyle, because if we go to that type of lifestyle, we will be tossed about by every single thing that happens. And if you've ever lived that way, you know that one, it severely complicates your life. Very much. At the very least, keeps you up at night, fractures relationships, makes you anxious and sick to your stomach, really. I don't care what your personality type is or your Enneagram number. You know, you really, it infiltrates you. The, the other way of living is the steady way. And, you know, the steady way is the Jesus way. I mean, if you think about the way Jesus lived, if you think about the way he has really outlined how to live in the word, it's all about steadiness. It's all about faithfulness. It's all about standing strong. And that is the way our life becomes less complicated. It's so true. So that's so really true. what that chapter is about. You talk about your dad a little bit in this chapter, and you write more about that in another book. Can you tell us what that is, Hole? Yeah, I mean, my dad uh, and you and I discussed this on your show. This was another thing you you brought out in me. Like the first, we weren't even there to talk about whole my old book, um, but you brought this out. You're so good at that, Jamie Ivy. Yeah, my dad was a, a pastor of a very large church, and he lost his church over a scandal with the IRS. I mean, I hate the word scandal, but I can't think of a better word to say. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I was a young woman, and so he lost his church, and it really led to just a kind of a, a breakdown of my faith and a re you know, a rewiring of, you know, all of that religion yeah. and all those things. Yeah. You talk about that. And I think that is so, um, first of all, it's brave of you to talk about, cause I know it's vulnerable for your entire family and for you to talk about those emotions. But one thing that I think is, is so important. And that the reason I love that you talk about it is because I meet people and I know you do as well all the time who have been hurt by someone in a church. And so therefore they have now left the church, if that makes sense. And so that's a little bit of your story. And it was your dad, you know, and you do not shy away from talking about how that affected your faith, that affected your relationship and affected your life. Everything kind of crumbled when that happened. And there are so many people who are afraid of church because they've been hurt by a person in the church. And you say in the book, you say, buying into hype puts us at a risk for this type of crash and wound. And you're talking about the hype of this person could do no wrong. They are everything. But no, if that's been you, there's also good news in the recovery because the good side of no longer buying into hype is you won't ask people to be Jesus or expect them not to be sinners, which takes the pressure off everyone and allows genuine relationships to form. And I underlined that because I thought, you know, that I think that a lot of hurt would be saved if we would not put that expectation on people. And we would also know that people are sinners. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're talking, it's interesting, Jamie, you brought that up because that was Lisa Turkhurst just interviewed me for my show. And she asked me, what was the hardest thing for you to write? That was the hardest, one of the hardest things for me to write in the entire book, because I really, I, you know, how much my dad um, has meant to me. He went to heaven three years ago and um, to write about that part and I had to I had to dig deep because you know in that part of the book I'm talking about the way that I had felt tricked about different things in my life which had caused me to feel why I don't buy into hype much but it also on the negative side of things you know causes me not to believe in things sometimes and so I think there's a real 
healing that God has to do there. And, and those of us who have been disappointed and been hurt, um, especially by faith situations, because there is an added element that can really do a number on us. But yeah, I mean, the hype side of that, the beautiful thing about not turning to hype anymore is we really can become very impressed with Jesus and not impressed in the way that we maybe once were with people. And I think that's so so important because that doesn't mean, and I know people might hear that and they say, well, gosh, shouldn't we love people? Shouldn't we cheer for people? Shouldn't we think they're amazing? Yes. I mean, I'm so in awe of humans like you. You're one of my favorite people. And I think, gosh, Jamie Ivey is a boss. And, you know, I look at my husband and I think, wow, how capable he is. He's running the New York Marathon twice and I look at my kids and sometimes I can hardly believe what they can accomplish and and then you know there's nobody that loves an underdog story more than me so Jamie I think we should cheer people and how God has created humans to do things I just think what a genius he is you know Mm -hmm. yeah but there's a difference between that and being so impressed with people that then you buy into this hype that they somehow need to become you know almost like Jesus Jesus. for us. Yeah. 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 I mean, I just have to say it like, and because what happens is then when they disappoint us, which they They will will. at some point, because none of us can keep up with that. Yeah. um, We just crash and burn under the weight of that. And I think there's something beautiful about the Lord releasing us from that. If we'll allow him to, he wants to. And I think that's why he makes it clear in the Bible. There are no other gods, but me, like this is me. And there's one, there's one verse in Isaiah. I think it's Isaiah. 45, 18 and 19. I may be wrong on that, but I believe that's what it is. It says, I am the Lord and there is no other. I publicly proclaim bold promises. I do not speak obscurity so no one can understand what I mean. I, the Lord, speak only what is true and right. And I've always loved that. And I think it's just, it's an example of how he makes a distinction between him and everyone else. Mm. And so in that chapter, I believe it's that chapter. I close that chapter with this part that says, be impressed with Jesus. Mm. Here's how you love people. Here's how you cheer for people. And here's how you're impressed with Jesus. And I just think, Jamie, if we would make that distinction in our lives, like I think we would change and we could enjoy people even more. Because we just wouldn't ask them to be our savior and our everything. I agree. And I think for people like you and I and hundreds of other people that are listening that we have been hurt by people that we love, I'm thankful. I am so thankful to God that that, that didn't make me run away from faith. Yeah. Um, have there been times when I've questioned things? Yes. And, I, and I'm a big believer that, that God can handle our questions and he's not afraid by that. And I've grown more in my faith by questioning things that I didn't quite understand. But I love when you say, be impressed with Jesus, because the truth is Jesus is not a sinner. So he's never going to let us down. Right. Um, and he's always going to be faithful to us. Like he cannot be unfaithful. It's not in his character. So, okay, let's switch gears. Okay. Are you ready? Let's go to the even harder chapter. If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike. And it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. 
If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash get your own to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash get your own. You guys, in January of 2024, I made a commitment to myself. I wanted to get stronger, which meant I needed to get in the gym, which means I needed to move my body in different ways. You guys know I love to walk. Well, it's spring, and spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm-up, and Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warm-up. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, to tap into your power, and build towards your summer you. I love my Peloton. It accommodates to my schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. I can choose a 30-minute class. I can choose a 45-minute class. If you only have five minutes, there's literally a class to get you moving your body in five minutes. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and every mood. There are classes if you want to hear country music, if you want to hear uh, rock, if you want to go back to the 80s. If you can't run, take a walking class. Need some grounding? Try yoga. If you want to level up, go for their Pilates or HIIT workouts. Here's what I love is that you can move at your own pace. And that is what I'm learning that my body needs right now. It needs to move at its own pace. Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take all the guesswork out of working out. You guys, we think about so many things during the day. Let's take the guesswork out. Let's jump right in and let's keep our fitness journey fresh every single day. Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. I personally love a good 45-minute hip-hop class. It gets me moving. It gets me excited. It's my favorite genre of music, just ask my kids. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. That's OnePeloton.com. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it, whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss. The list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today, I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. Now you said that, what was that chapter the hardest to write or that story about your dad and stuff? 
No, it was that story. Yeah, it was that section because we were also talking about me going to counseling. And so that was, I think it made me remember like that moment in counseling when I was like, oh, this is why. There it is. Yeah, this is why. Yeah. 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 What was the hardest chapter to write? Probably the one we're getting ready to talk about. How come? Well, this one in chapter seven, when I talk about honesty over hiding and I talk about, and I tell a very poignant story in the beginning of that, about when I revealed to my mom's kind of like a double life, I was living in college. That was hard uh, for hard. a different reason. The reason this one that we're getting ready to talk about was hard was for it was hard, but go ahead. Well, you tell me why you think it would be hard. Cause I, I would love to hear that. I think it would be hard to write because I think this is going to be the hardest one for people to read. Yes. That's why. And you can tell me if that's if anything different. Yes, we're talking about holiness over freedom, right? Because people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, what is it? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Jamie, you hit the nail on the head. Um, I'm like, Lord, I argue with the Lord. I'm like, I don't want to write this chapter Um, because, Jamie, I'm going to be honest with you. (laughs) I'm always honest with you. Sometimes I get tired of writing things that I know people don't want to read. But here's the thing. I'm just being completely honest, but I also want you to know that deep in my core, that's why I think for all of us, a call of God on our life for whatever it is for us has to be greater than our feelings. That's why commitment over mood is important. Yeah. Because if it was about my mood, I wouldn't write this chapter. Yeah. Because my mood tells me I don't want to do it. Here's the other reason I wrote it. Let me, let me also clarify, because I think it's that important. Yeah. The Lord, I literally said to the Lord, do I have to write this chapter? In my spirit, I knew that he was saying yes, because I couldn't get it, get away with not. Also, especially some of the things I talk about. Also, I tried to over explain myself, which in (laughs) chapter one, I did. In chapter one, the Lord, I mean, I talk about not over explaining. So the Lord also got me on that. And then let me say this one last thing. This was the last chapter that I added to the book. It originally was not going in the book. So there's another I was going to say too, when I was going to say why it would be hard is because I think that this chapter might be hard for you to write because the last thing you would want for people to think about you is that you were legalistic. That that's it too, Jamie. And And here's the thing a little bit. Yes. And if I would have over-explained, this is what I would have said. (laughs) Okay. And I'm going to be careful not to over-explain, but I really do want to say this because I, I really did start writing it and then I edited myself out of it because I really felt like the Lord said, let it be. But I do want to say this. The one reason I didn't want to write in the, some of the things I wrote in this chapter is because I didn't want anyone to make me their poster child for their opinions. And I was very aware that there are people that try to do that. And I do not like, and I know you understand this because you and I live in the ministry world where sometimes denominations and sometimes people that are legalistic try to say, well, so-and-so said this. And so they must agree with this denominational viewpoint. And I just need you to hear this, I am no one's poster child for whatever their denomination might say. I am, I go on what the Lord and shows me as a conviction in the Holy Spirit. And so that's where I roll. And so I felt like that was very important. And I also hope I get this point across. And I really believe that, that I did is that 
I believe everyone must decide with for themselves what the convictions are with the Holy Spirit. And I will also point out, too, that some the person that edited my book has a completely different viewpoint than I do about different convictions. And so they have different convictions. So I think it's important to have healthy, you know, people that see your work and can help you with that. Well, I am glad you wrote it. Um, I will say this one, like I really will read this chapter again. And I think that with the things I just said of why I thought it would be hard for you to write and you confirmed, I want you to know that you did a great job of not being that way. I want to read this real quick. You said this at the very beginning of this chapter. You said, there's a basic misunderstanding I want to clean up. I want to clear up right off the bat because it's important in how we view and as a result, make a choice for holiness. It isn't about rules. It's about spiritual relinquishment. And I thought that is what it is, is it's not about rules because you didn't go through here and list out all of the things that you need to do or don't do to be holy. Like you didn't do that. You gave personal life examples, some that you have struggled with and some that you just know other people might struggle with. But you said so many times that this is between you and the Lord. Like this is between you and the Lord. And I think that the struggle sometimes though, Lisa, is that, and I'll I'll say like, maybe I'm asking for a friend, is that a lot of times we (laughs) don't want to ask the Lord to show us something because we actually don't want to give that up. Yes, you're that right. Is, that is it. And you know, you, you, you have a, a Lisa Bevere quote in here that says, you'll never have authority over something that you are entertained by. And I thought, oh my gosh. And can we just together throw out some ideas of what this might be for people so that we, as people are listening, they can think, you know, give us some examples. Like you, you listed alcohol, language, Netflix, shopping, Yeah. I mean, social media. I mean, you know, well, you hear the thing. That's the reason why I talk about my shopping fast in the first chapter. So everyone will know, hello, it's me. (laughs) You know, I I just need y'all to know this is me. This is not author saying, hey, guys, you're doing all these things wrong. I hope I've been vulnerable in that. I mean, Jamie, the list goes on. I mean, it could be a relationship that we put you know, above anything else. And listen, we do that. So, you know, it could be anything. It could literally be anything. Mm -hmm. This is the thing that's tricky about holiness over freedom. This is the thing that's tricky about freedom. Let me say this. The thing about freedom is we're talking about things that we're technically allowed to do. That's what's so hard about it. So, right. It's like, Things that you're not asking us to choose having an affair over holiness, right? Yeah, yeah, because that would be a no brainer, right? Right, I mean, I would hope that people would be like, Oh, of course, I'm not going to have an affair. These are things that, like, maybe we feel we have leeway to do in in our freedom that the Lord has given us in our free will, like, we can do this, you know. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing at the end of the day, we are choosing things in those freedoms that are actually enslaving us. So when you think about them, it's like, is this putting chains on me? And I'm just enough of a rebel that I don't want to be chained by anything. And really, that's what led me to my shopping fast, Jamie, is I was like, how dumb would it be if some dumb clothes were throwing chains on me and not letting me live my best life. Like, how dumb would that be at the end of the day? Like, because I can shop all day long. Like, my husband does not tell me I cannot shop. Mm-hmm. And like my, you said in your book, you're a grown-up. 
Yeah, my wallet doesn't even tell me I can't shop. Like I'm not even restricted by my budget because yeah, you don't have I an took, envelope for clothes. You can just do whatever you want. Right. Yeah. I, it's not, I'm not wealthy, but I but I'm not going into debt. Remember, because uh-huh. I'm not that kind of shopper. I'm I'm actually a bargain shopper. Yeah. So, it, it, but the point is. I don't want to be enslaved by anything. And that's what's tricky. And that's where the enemy gets us is it's like, these are subtleties. These are things we can do. These are things that maybe we once were able to enjoy or do just a little bit or put on the side, but now they're throwing chains on us. And this is where I love us enough to where I'm willing to risk someone thinking something of me. Oh, Lord, I hope not, because I've really done my best to try to help in in this chapter. But if they do, so be it, because I love us enough that maybe it'll click with somebody that goes, you know, this might be throwing chains on me. This thing that I thought I loved or this thing that's pretending to be my best friend and the thing, you know, and I will tell you that, Jamie, when I literally spoke with the Lord, because I mean, I don't want to beat around the bush. I do talk about alcohol in there, my own struggle, you know, with it. And I asked the Lord, I was like, don't talk about this because I really don't want to talk about it because I'd like to not talk about this if you don't mind, because this mm-hmm. is this is where people draw lines and say prudes and not prudes, if I'm yeah. being honest. Mm-hmm. So I'd really like not to be in the prude category, if you don't mind. But two things happened in a matter of about two weeks as the Lord and I had this conversation. I began to get. I'm not kidding you. I'm going to say dozens, dozens of DMs from people randomly. And now I had not put this anywhere that I was writing about it or considering writing about it. Dozens of DMs from people saying, I'm struggling with alcohol. Would you please at some point talk about it? Okay. You cannot tell me that's the Lord. That's that's way too weird. Mm -hmm. And then the other thing was the Lord said to me, if there's anything that you're not willing to put on the table, that's disobedience. Like there should be nothing that you're not willing to put on the table. So for me, I'm being honest with you. I'm, this is not an issue for me anymore, but you know, what's more of an issue for me right now, my phone. Mm -hmm. So if I'm not willing to put my phone on the table right now, Mm -hmm. that's a problem for me, Jamie. Cause, and somebody had a quote somewhere and it was so brilliant. It was like, anything that you're oversensitive about is probably something that needs attention. And I'm like, well, that's probably why I don't like talking about my phone too much. So, you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you, you talk about alcohol in here, but you talk about a lot of other things. And I love that you talk about, you know, absolute holiness. This is what the, like you talk about it in Ezekiel, the God talks about it in Ezekiel. This is what he's asking for us. And, and Jesus can do that for us. And you give us a little bit of boundaries, like a little bit of not boundaries. I, I, that's a wrong word. You give us a little bit of considerations to think yeah. about. Because we need wisdom and we need discernment and someone's choice to not watch a certain show and then someone else to do it. We can't be their Holy Spirit, right? Right. Or someone who has alcohol that gives them change and someone that enjoys wine and it gives them no change. We cannot be their Holy Spirit. Right. But you said this. This is where we need discernment. You, You gave a couple of guidelines. Number one, choose sobriety from anything that you use to escape reality or to numb yourself. Could be your phone. Yeah. And the, don't get caught up on the word sobriety here. I know, I'm that's using, the proper word, but yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. I'm using sobriety for anything. That's why yeah. I, I purposely use that word. So people would understand I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about anything. Yes. 
Yeah, and then you said refrain from doing anything that takes you back or keeps you mentally in a sinful state of mind. Refuse to participate in anything that goes against the word. Give up anything that takes time away from a pursuit of holy living. And number five, you said don't settle for anything that mimics or manufactures true joy and fulfillment from Jesus. And I thought those are such good kind of, okay, let me ask myself a couple of questions about this. Like if you're wondering, is this have chains on me? Does this have control on me? Am I enjoying this more than Jesus? Do I run to this? Here are these five things to go. Yes, no, no. And then you can look around and go, okay, maybe I'm not pursuing holiness in this area. And it was so helpful. I'm so glad because there are two things that I want to say. One, this is a process that is ongoing for me that I do not have down. Like I have to ask myself the same things. And honestly, Jamie, some days I do well and some days I do not. Well, don't you think this is a process for all of us until we see Jesus? I mean, my goodness, I hope so, unless there's some perfect human walking around, but she's certainly not me. Um, I don't know her or him, but they're not, but it's not me. The other thing is I don't have time to be anybody's Holy Spirit. I have so much work over here going on. Like, I feel like I'm constantly in a construction zone. The Lord is in a construction zone with me. So I mean, there is so much work to do over here that I literally was like, Lord, you're going to have to give me some some considerations, some guidelines that I can throw to, to other people so they can do their own work in inventory. Because I don't ha- I certainly don't have the time to help anybody in a one on one setting with this because we've all got our things. Yeah, yeah I think, too, and I talk about this so much is that processing these things with a trusted friend um, is so helpful. And I want to say two things about that. Number one, if you are the friend that someone comes to you and says, hey, I feel like I'm choosing um, the fact that I have the freedom because I'm a grown woman to watch whatever kind of TV I want to watch. We'll just use that as an example. Yeah. Because that could be a real like no one's telling me not to. There's no scripture that says don't watch rated R movies, don't watch whatever. And someone comes to you and says that. Here's how you are a bad friend in that situation. You either do one of two things. You go, oh, yeah, don't do that. Or that's not a big deal. A good friend would say, tell me more. What is God showing you? How can I help you? How can I be a cheerleader for you? How can I be an accountant? But you're not going to put your like mandates on her. Does that make sense what I'm saying? Oh, totally. And here's the thing. I think sometimes we don't, well, one, we don't know what to say. Two, we're having our own struggles. So we're like, oh gosh, if I, you know, if I talk about this, like, then they're going to be like, well, you know, (laughs) what are you doing or whatever? But I will tell you this, we need each other right now, especially right now. Like we need each other. We're all going to turn to something right now and we're all going to always turn to something. So We're here to help each other. I think we need to ask the Lord to help us get better at this. I will say I struggle with this. Sometimes I'm not the best friend in this way. Sometimes I don't know what to do. I will tell you that when I was, it was interesting, Jamie, and I think maybe I even said this on your show about the shopping fast. When I was telling people, I didn't tell a lot of people I was doing it, but there were a few friends that I told that I was doing the shopping fast. And when I told them, there were a lot of people who sort of let me off the hook. And they would say, well, you know, everybody loves to shop Mm -hmm. and it's true. I mean, you know, but the thing is at that moment, I I didn't need anyone to let me off the hook because Lord knows I would love for someone to let me off the hook. You know, that was, I was waiting for that. Yeah. So I do think we need to ask the Lord 
since there's not really a great formula for how we do this, I think we just have to ask the Lord, like, how can you help me be a friend to someone if they do reveal to me they're struggling about someone, something, you know? Because I think we could even think like, man, I wish shopping was my big thing I needed to give up, you know, because I'm dealing with fill in the blank that feels so big or, oh, she's struggling with shopping. I could never tell her I'm struggling with porn because how will she even get it? You know, so I think we put things on people that are not true and whatever you're struggling with, it might feel, you know, heavier in our culture, but that struggle within our soul is still that struggle within our soul, you know? Well, and listen, there are a lot of women that struggle with shopping. You might be surprised. I get a lot of messages about it. And every time I've talked about it, I've gotten a lot of messages. And for people who struggle with shopping, it is still a stronghold. It is still something that they feel very overwhelmed by. It has complicated their life. And I don't just mean because of a closet. There's a cycle of guilt. There's a cycle of you feel like, it, because it's the same feelings, Jamie, of I feel like I need something else. Mm -hmm. I've got to have constantly something else in order to fill me, feed me, keep me going, make me happy, whatever a case may be. Yes, there may be more of a mind addiction that comes with porn that is darker. Absolutely. Um, But there's, it's still entrapment. And so I don't want anybody to feel like, oh, it's not, because listen, it can still come between you and an uncluttered heart, you know, or a cluttered heart. So I I just, I want everybody to understand, like, you know, it's real for people. And also it can lead to real debt and real money problems lead to lots of issues. So there's lots of things at play. Um, well, I'm, I'm proud of you for writing the book, the hard parts, because we're going to benefit from it as followers of Jesus. And so thank you for that. Someone did send me a message and ask if you were going to make t-shirts to say Jesus over everything. You know what? That's a great question. There are a lot of great places that already make those shirts. People send me those, those screenshots all the time. They're like, look, I saw this shirt and thought of you. So, um, I, I can't, I don't know the names of them, but there's, I mean, you can Google that Jesus over everything shirt. A lot of people already make them. I love that. I love it. I didn't even know that. We dwell on a lot in our lives. We dwell on some problems. We dwell on the past. We often wake up first thing in the morning and our minds are already dwelling on it. Whatever it could be of our crazy schedules, worrying about our health, tough periods of parenting, sadness over loss, the list goes on and on and on. And sometimes it seems impossible to do anything but dwell on it. That is why Dwell was created, because we can dwell differently. Dwell is a Bible memorization tool. You can easily memorize one Bible verse for every month. One of my favorite ones that we have memorized so far is Romans 12, 12, which says, be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer. And in fact, I keep the tag that they send me on my key ring and so I can look through them. And just today I pulled that up and said that verse out loud. Dwell offers memberships that starting at $9.95 per month. Some of the memorization tools that you get include temporary tattoos, vinyl stickers, art prints. You guys, this is a great, great, great thing for families to have, for teenagers to have, to help with little kids. Go to dwelldifferently.com. Use code Jamie15 for 15% discount on a prepaid membership. That's dwelldifferently.com. We end every show with three things you're loving. What are you reading? What do you got for me these days? You know, I was thinking about this question, Jane, because I was thinking, isn't it interesting that like the things that we're loving now are maybe even more simple? 
because of, we're, remember, we're doing this during Corona. During Corona, yeah. Okay. So maybe my things would have been different before. The three things I'm loving right now. First of all, I am loving dancing videos. My daughter was in, she made the dance team this year. And literally, I have wanted her to be on the dance team since she was little and did like pretend videos around the house. For some reason, dancing videos bring me joy. I think it's because I am so ill-equipped at dancing. I just love to watch people dance. And it, so they can be crazy dancing videos or like really amazing dancing uh-huh. videos. They run the gamut. Okay, so I do love TikToks, uh, um, watching people now, do them. Are you on TikTok? No, I'm not. But I will say um, my daughter talked the whole family into doing one. And they just, br- why do they bring people joy to watch a family that can't, you know, my husband and I can't dance at all, but my kids can't. It's just funny. Okay. So do you follow this person on Instagram? Are you ready? Allison Holker boss. Oh yes. That's what I'm saying. Like okay. she's, I she's love amazing. watching their videos. Right. That's what I'm saying. So I love watching videos from dancing videos. That's what I'm saying. All dancing videos from that kind of dancing, which is legit, amazing legit. dancing. Yeah. Like my daughter's dancing videos, which I watched the whole season on like when I was just working and all of a sudden I'm watching her team's <laughs> dancing videos. Okay. To those to TikToks where people can't dance. Yeah, yeah. So I, dancing videos. That's okay, just the whole videos, thing. Okay. You know what else I'm loving right now? I'm loving, we live in a rental house and they have done all these string lights all around the property. We kind of live, it's a little bit woodsy, a little bit off the beaten path. They've done string lights everywhere. And I know this sounds so simple, except for you understand because you do the string lights for happy hour live and all that stuff. That sounds so simple, but right now that is making me happy. It makes me feel like life is going on and I don't know why is that bringing me joy it just it's is like it's constant because they come on at the same time every day and you yes. look out you think that's it lights came on today that's it that's it thank you for saying I don't have words so that's good yeah. the third thing is <laughs> this is kind of a love hate this is so um, right now what you're about to say yes again let me say we're in corona this will change if we are not quarantined puzzles yeah. I am revisiting puzzles in my life, but it's a love-hate. Last night, my son came downstairs. It was about 12 o'clock. I was still trying to find two last pieces. <laughs> and he said, Mom, you're you're unwell. Like, you are literally unwell. <laughs> you find them, though? This is the question. We found them. And he, he, he was, this is my, this is my Enneagram 2. So he stayed down there with me. You'll love this, Jamie. He stayed down there with me until he helped me to find that last one that I wouldn't find because he was like, I just know he felt so sorry for me. He had such pity on me. He couldn't leave. I love that. Yeah. So we're all yeah. doing puzzles right now. We're all doing them. And this one's a thousand piece. And I mean, it's, it's kicking my butt right now. I have to say, so it's a love hate. So those are the three things. What are you reading? Are you reading anything? I'm not reading too much right now because quite honestly, I do what? The book stuff. The book stuff. And, yeah. and, and, and honestly, I'm not trying to over-spiritualize this, but I've needed the word of God a lot right now yeah. to get through. But I will tell you that one book that I have started and I really find important, um, I love his writing and he always ministers to me, is John Eldridge's new book, Get Your Life Back. So I have started that. But no, I would, I, I'm always up for a recommendation. So Okay. You got any good well, recommendations? You're probably reading so much right now. I, I mean, I just read this book called Jesus Over Everything by Lisa. <laughs> <Adams>. <laughs> uh, 
Uh, <laughs> I promise. I was like, Jesus over I, everything. <laughs> I'm reading. Uh, I just read a bunch of books this weekend for people I'm interviewing. So that happens yeah. in my life. Yeah. Um, but I want to read a book for fun. And I just, I just don't know. I don't have anything right now that I, that's like pulling at me, but yeah, I want to. I need um, to with you. Okay. Lisa, you're amazing. Congrats on your book. Release day is here. I always, I've only released one book. You've released seven, eight, 15. I don't know. And <laughs> I always say that re- book release day and releasing a book is like getting run over with a Mack truck full of party supplies. It's so fun, but it is so exhausting. I also remember, and I, I'm just going to ask you this because today's the day, not when this is airing, but when we're recording is the actual day of release. I remember that I had my release day on my calendar for like two years. I mean, you know this date forever. It, it's it's you, you have known March 24th for a long time, 2020. Yep. And I remember I woke up on the day and went, everything's the same. Like I woke up, I got ready, I got my kids breakfast, nothing changed in my life that day. And I will never forget that because it makes me think like we have all these things on our calendar. We have all these ideas. We have all these big things that we're going to accomplish in life and they're all amazing. But you wake up and you're still the same person and you still do the same things and you still have the same family and life is the same. It's exactly the same. And there's something about that that feels good because you know that no matter what happens, that, you know, your success or failure, whatever, it, it, it doesn't determine whether you get to breathe and go on. And it doesn't determine my joy unless I decide that it does. And there's, like there's something about that that is really important. I think no matter what you try to launch into the world. I love it. It doesn't determine our joy unless we let it. Yeah. Love it. Lisa, love you, friend. I love you. I wish we were, I was, wish I was in Austin, but this is the next best thing. Next best thing I know. Friends, did I not tell you that you were going to love this show? And am I right or am I right? You're going to listen to this show again. I know it. Lisa's book, Jesus Over Everything, is encouraging. It is teaching. It is challenging. And it feels as though you're sitting down with that girlfriend who's just pouring truths into your heart and soul. Right now, Lisa is graciously giving away the videos to her Bible study that go along with this book, Jesus Over Everything. I cannot tell you enough how much you'll be challenged, encouraged, and transformed by this book, Jesus Over Everything, and this study that goes along with it. I want to thank you to my friend Lisa for joining me today and for being raw and honest. When it's much easier to be safe and how we share what we say, I love that vulnerability and I love this friend of mine, Lisa. Today's show was edited and mixed by the team at Podshaper and the music was developed for the show by Matt Graham. Show notes are written by Aki Slockers and the whole thing is organized by Lindsay Sweeney. Next week, you guys, it might have taken a pandemic, but we finally made it happen. Gloria Umani is on the happy hour. Gloria is a powerful preacher. She's a teacher, a poet living in Atlanta and continually cracking me up on her Instagram stories. Our conversation is fun and fire. Gloria brings it when she shares about the moment when she reflected on how limiting her belief of what she had to offer. Our conversation is both fun and both fire. I promise you are not going to want to miss Gloria's story. Friends, enjoy your week. Share this show with a girlfriend. It's the number one way people find out about the happy hour is friends telling friends. And have a virtual happy hour with a friend. I'll see you next week right here with my friend Gloria. Gloria.